Welcome to the party, pals. I'm Phil Gawthorne, action movie screenwriter. And I'm Liam Billingham, movie podcaster. And together we host Die Hard on a Blank, a podcast from Sugar23 that explores the influence of Die Hard on action cinema. In each episode, we'll talk about one major action movie that was released after Die Hard. Now, some of these movies take place on a bus. On a boat. Or even a roadhouse. Uh, sure. The point is, these are action movies that couldn't exist without Die Hard, and its DNA is everywhere. Die Hard on a Blank is a celebration of action movies and a deep dive into the ways that Die Hard shaped the action genre. So if you're a casual fan or an action movie Die Hard. Ooh, very nice. Then Die Hard on a Blank is for you. Yes, you personally. Our first two episodes, which are all about the original 1988 masterpiece Die Hard, drop December 21st, because Die Hard is a Christmas movie, wherever you get your podcasts. Phil, do the line. Now we have a podcast. (laughs) Ho, ho, ho. Hello, everybody. This is Liam, and welcome to Season 3 of Oeuvre Busters on Batman. Before we jump into this season, I wanted to thank a few wonderful contributors. The first is Sean Mannion, who made the poster that you look at when you download episodes for season three, the one with all the Batmans on it. Sean is a friend, a filmmaker, an educator, and does amazing work. He has a feature that he made a few years ago that I highly recommend. It's an award-winning film called Meme, and you can watch it on Amazon Prime now. Search Meme the Movie or go to memethemovie.com to get more details. And if you want filmmaking tips, some general humor, Sean's pretty funny. Not always, but he's pretty funny. Uh, You should follow him on Twitter at Uncle Sean. The next person I want to thank is our our uh, music writer, Kevin McLeod. Kevin did not write the music specifically for us, but we found it on Incompetech.com, which is an incredible website. Kevin is the best. That's Incompetech.com. Highly recommended. Please take the time to rate, review, and subscribe to our show now. Thank you. If you know any Batman fans, I think there's a few out there, please recommend the show to them. We need as many listeners, as many as reviews, as many ratings as we can get in order to get more users, more users, more listeners, and eventually uh, run podcasting, the whole thing. Um, so please let people that you know know about the show. That's it. I'm uh, outstaying my welcome. I hope you enjoy this season. Bye-bye. I'm George Fergopoulos. Why did you go first? Why not? I'm Liam Billingham. And this is... Batman Busters? No, don't. It's the Busters. Busters. Boo. 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 Hi everybody. This that's actually that's that's the soundtrack straight from the movie. It that's is. Not, that's yeah. not, that wasn't Liam saying. That is the London Symphony Orchestra. I totally fucking forgot how amazingly 
Um, amazingly amazing. Yeah, sure. I'm gonna go for it's it. It's an astonishing that score. Score. So um, fucking good. Danny Elfman was score to what? It. Score to what? Batman 1989. So what were what are we doing today, Liam? Well, so uh, if you may already know, um, we are because Kev- season three is Batman. Because Kevin, our, our our all our fan on the internet, has been raging. Ke- Keith. Keith. Sorry. Ke- Kevin. <sighs> well, Kevin. I'm is sorry, fan. Keith. Sorry, Keith. Jesus, that's bad. <laughs> Uh, wait, real quick. Somewhere there's a there's a solitary tear cascading down Keith's face as he listens to his favorite podcaster, George. Call him Kevin. Call him, call him. Thanks for listening, Kev. Um, we are talking about Batman. Uh, season three of Uverbusters is about Batman, which curveball probably didn't see this coming i don't know maybe you didn't well, maybe think about did. it at no. all who knows um george are you let's talk excited me, i'm very excited tell me a little bit about your relationship to batman well maybe we should we, should we just generally talk about like why we're doing batman sure but, why are we doing batman because you know, there's so many good films there are good <laughs> films um that's it no i think one of the things that came up very recently so liam was on another podcast my heart was breaking but he was on the podcast with Annie Rose Malamet, Girls, Guts, and Giallo. Giallo. And Liam, thankfully, plugged this podcast. Thank you. Thank you. This is where his heart is. And one interesting Once thing that briefly came up in conversation with Annie. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Liam, we got it. Liam, we got to record a lot. Okay, sorry. <laughs> a lot of Sorry, yeah, we have a lot of recording. One we of the things that came up about the discussion about Batman was how these films also, to some degree, Continue our overall discussion. Overarching Overarching, one might say. Discussion of masculinity. Correct. Why do you think that... In what ways? Well, the superhero genre is predominantly very masculine. Very bro-heavy, bro. Very bro-heavy. In a variety of ways. Not only, obviously, are the protagonists almost entirely men. Mm -hmm. And obviously, things have been changing recently um, and for the better. But also, the fan base is very masculine. It could be very toxic as well. Yes, well, that's every fan base. That's well, yeah. But I'm it's looking per- at you, Star Wars fans. Oh God, the venue would be socks. That would be so fucking bad. Um, yeah, let's just real quick side note. Sorry to get distracted. That's on our other podcast. The rise of disappointed busters. <laughs> the rise of Skywalker sucks. It fucking it sucks. sucks. Anyway, it was the, my worst birthday experience mm. I've ever had was seeing that movie. I bought you some drinks though. That was nice. You did. And you bought my you bought my soba fett salad. I was trying to. <laughs> is that what it was called? The yeah, soba fett salad soba at the Alamo Draft House. Yeah. Whoop. What up? The Soba Fett. So it allows us to kind of continue a lot of yes. the discussions, but in a totally different vein. It also allows us to explore a totally different kind of genre. And I like the idea of dealing with the superhero because you're dealing really with kind of like an archetypal figure in many ways. You're dealing with like a mythology more so than you're dealing with like a specific, let's say, kind of director's vision or let's say an actor, obviously, as we did with Philip Seymour Hoffman. So I think it also allows a whole a variety of different conversations in terms of, let's say, talking about masculinity, talking about storytelling. Let's also talk about the fact making. that when, what do we talk about when we talk about Batman? We talk about... I uh, love Raymond Carver. We talk, we talk about um, mental health. Yes. We talk about um, policing. We talk about uh, the role of the vigilante in society, whether there is one. Um, we, we, there's a deleted, maybe I should try to find this clip, but there's a deleted conversation, like a 10 minute sidebar in an episode we did about Chris, about, uh, I forget which film, which one it was, but we talked about the, the dark night in detail and, and our differing views on the, I don't even differing, but our complicated views on the politics of that movie. We also talk about wealth and especially with this character who has money and who doesn't. And the biggest thing that we talk about, especially with the thesis of our show, when we talk about Batman is Bruce Wayne. 
And one thing that these films all have in common is that Bruce Wayne is a, is a pretty important figure. And I think I would definitely say doesn't get ignored when talking about Batman, but uh, Bruce Wayne is, in a, is, is very important to the character. And I think great actors have played the part and done very, very different things with it. Some more successful than others, but also um, I think a central question to the Batman Bruce Wayne dichotomy is like, which one is his true identity? Is he Batman or is he Bruce Wayne? Totally, yeah. I think that's an interesting dichotomy to explore. What is the thing that um, David Carradine says in Kill Bill about Superman in the second one about how like Clark Kent is the mask that Superman wears? Yeah. And we were having a conversation a little bit earlier about Bruce Wayne, and I never really thought about Bruce Wayne in the same way, but one can make that kind of similar argument, right? That it's the trauma, let's say, of the experience of turning him into Batman that is actually who Bruce Wayne is. Yes. And that he's more Batman than he is Bruce Wayne. And the first film we're going to talk about uh, is 1989's Batman, which deals with this because a subplot of the movie is, or the most significant subplot of the movie outside of the Joker conflict is his relationship to Vicki Vale. Totally. And his, um, pa- well, and his parents. And his parents. But that even that, I mean, well, well we'll get there. But Did you see the uh, did you see the special edition with the Force Ghost parents? Oh, yeah. That was kid? great at the end. And, he, and they're like, what's your name? And he's like, Bruce Wayne Bruce. Batman. Bruce Batman. <laughs> And she's like, you're Batman. He's like, fuck. And then it you cuts. shouldn't have fucking said Give me my money. Wait, so Batman is his last name? Seriously, JJ, give me my money. Give me my money. Do you think JJ listens to this? Yeah, he loves it. Of course. Um, so so that's sort of the overarching thing that I think we're going to look into. Um, I also want to talk... Uh, you, what's your relationship to Batman? Yeah, so I read a lot of comic books yeah. uh, growing up. I wasn't like Batman wasn't like my number one. Numero been, uno. Yeah, it would have been Spider Man. It's more of a Marvel kind of boy. Well, you're growing Queens up. boy. Queens boy. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I was c- a Gotham boy. I could. <laughs> I was a Gotham boy. I could appreciate uh, a good Batman comic book every once in a while. And yeah. I remember reading, which obviously I think we'll talk about a little bit in a little bit more detail, even though he's a complete shit show. Um, the Frank Miller 1986 Dark Knight Returns. Which maybe we should talk about that. Like we should maybe do like a bonus episode oh, on so that because good. it is really good. Yeah. And that was kind of one of my earliest, let's say, reading comic books and realizing that, okay, comic books can be let's, this serious genre and then they could do something kind of, it could be an art form. Right. And that was one of the first comic books that and Watchmen that really kind of changed my shocking. approach. Shocking. <laughs> Uh, approach to the to the genre. It was like, mm-hmm. oh wow, like comic books can also do like adult like things. At least from mm-hmm. the perspective of a twelve year old reading those books, that's what I yeah, thought. totally cool. Um, it's hard to um, understate the influence of Batman on my and and specifically, I read some of the comics growing up. I read Death in the Family. Um, I my mother would take me to the comic book store every few months, and I'd get like one or two issues. I definitely wasn't like a reader that every month I would buy them because. Same. It was a little harder to get comic books then than I think it is now. It was during the war. <laughs> there was a shortage all, of comic all, books. All the paper was used on the front. We had to go. We had to go twelve miles uphill to the comic book shop. The paper must be used for pornography for mm. the men at the front. <laughs> we don't have any for <laughs> comic books. But mostly it was um, that the comic what war was that. Yeah, it was the, the Great Comics War of nineteen diggity eight. How the fuck did we make it through that war? Oh man, lot lots of people died. Or one out for the, I don't really know the how where we go from yeah, here. Anyway, so you're saying um, you would dabble. So I would dabble. But um, in 1989, when I was seven years old, my mother took me to see 
Tim Burton's Batman. And I was seven, and I don't have the strongest memory of that time, but I remember a few things. I remember Batman was fucking everywhere yes. that summer. It was completely unavoidable. Um, I remember I remember seeing the movie. I remember very, very specifically the opening credits, and like I draw my entire adult work in movies and media to really that film. It changed my life. Like I really... I saw that movie and I couldn't believe it. Was I was this like completely in, amazed. Uh, Massachusetts? Yeah, it was like the I don't even know where Massachusetts, but I remember seeing it and I just couldn't believe it. And um I talked about it so much that my swim instructor when I like people would show up, people like this is Liam, all he talks about is the Batman movie. <laughs> I was completely obsessed with it. I like thought it was, was like, I'm going to try to let him drown. <laughs> I, and I like, it's really, really, it, it just like, it made me like, I think it was probably one of those early things along with honestly, like probably like Terminator where, which this might sound ridiculous, but like where I kind of was like, what, what's the director? Like Tim Burton was probably the first director I was aware of. T2 was, uh, you mean the first Terminator or T2? Sorry. Uh, T2. Was that 91? Yeah. yeah. But like eight, this was 89. And there also had, I mean, with the exception of Richard Donner's Superman, which like in some ways is more like a humanist treatise than this film is. Like it is a lot more, um, it, it, it's, it's a lot less cynical. Like you can, I feel like you can see the jumpstart of the modern blockbuster in this film. I don't think you the see that superhero. in Superman. Yeah. Bonner, yeah. 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 Um, but uh, there had never been a movie like this before that I yes. could remember. Um, yeah. I, there's probably people who can speak to it better, but I think this kicked everything off. I think most people would agree. It just blew my fucking mind. And then... Um, Sorry, do you remember the theater-going experience? Because re-watching this, I had flashbacks to what it was like being in the theater and watching this. Well, tell me more about that. Just because I, people were constantly like losing their shit and yeah. applauding. Oh, yeah. And, and I don't remember how... Off, Less of that where I grew up. How far... Um, after its release, I'd seen it. There's no way I saw it opening weekend. I, remember, I saw it pretty soon. After I remember you. begging my cousin Lula, my older cousin Lula, to take me to the theater. And How she is did. Lula? She's good. She's yeah, good. Yeah. My number. She's in Moldavia. Yeah. Is she? Yeah. She's well, a Peace Corps. Oh wow. Yeah. She's doing her doing doing her thing over Damn. there. Um, but I begged her to take me to this, Damn. and she did. And I don't remember again how far out because I was only nine years old. How far out of the uh, release it was but everybody in the theater was fucking losing did it. you see it in, in, in queens in queens represent where on steinway that theater is no longer there but people I'm were sure applauding people were laughing sure and they should be laughing well it, it was a really funny outs- i mean this is not the film we're talking about but I, I, I it is the first film we're going to talk about and i think that that probably sprung off my love affair with batman returns i made my family christmas movie go to get batman forever tickets like seven hours before the before we saw it, even though we were seeing it in like a tiny Cape Cod town. Like I was fucking obsessed. I had a ton of the toys. Uh, I love the animated series. Uh, and, and then honestly, um, I moved to New York in a few months before the dark Knight came out and that kind of reignited my desire to make movies. So like I can, and you know, I can trace, I mean, I like Christopher, I liked Christopher Nolan in general, but that dark Knight movie really blew my, I think it blew a lot of people's minds yeah. when it came out. So, um, you know, we're going to go down the list of the films we're going to cover here, but um, wouldn't say I've been as impressed by the later Batman stuff, but I, I do the Christopher Nolan Batmans and the Tim Burton Batmans and even the um, Val Kilmer, Joel Schumacher directed Batman Forever is, is I've never seen. Well, yeah, uh, that that film really affected me. Huh. Um, I loved it. I loved it. I, I was too young to really have a critical eye, so it'll be interesting to revisit it. Now, um, now, now, yeah. So, uh, I just love Batman. I fucking love Batman. 
Yeah, and I think the uh, the other interesting thing Batman, also, Batman, Batman, Batman. The other interesting thing about a I was thinking about this in relationship obviously to like Batman 1989 and its sequel. The seriality of the character and the ha- what? The seriality, like the fact that these oh. films are like serials and the fact that that both allows people like there's something interesting to be said about it, although it annoys the shit out of me to some degree because it's so cynical when it's done so often, but like the rebooting of a character mm. and the way in which, let's say, like Burton's vision, obviously the character is radically different from Schumacher's and how Schumacher's... Because Schumacher's those, those is, films, is born off of Burton's. I think he just made it more flamboyant. Campier, yeah. But those four films are definitely bound together. Like they feel... They're the same franchise. They're the same franchise, exactly. Right. Whereas like the Nolans are obviously doing like an entirely different thing. But what I'm, I'm trying to get at is that I think the, the seriality, the um, the flexibility, the malleability, let's say, of the yes. superhero um, as a figure allows one, let's say, to return to it and refashion it in a way that doesn't seem as cheap as, let's say, I don't know. I mean, I guess most of the things that are being rebo- rebooted are kind of like superhero franchises, but... It kind of almost makes sense because it happens all the time in the comics as well. In an interview a few years ago when he got cast as Batman, Ben Affleck, and I actually really would like, I don't know if we dig in on this now, but this could be a great side episode. Ben Affleck basically said that like the English have Hamlet and the Americans have Batman. Whoa, deep. But it, I mean, you can be dismissive no, I mean, no, about no, no, but no, it, but it has like real, um, there's something to it. Because it's it's this it's not the same text, and that may be the big distinction is that when you do Hamlet, you generally do the same text, you hope. Um, but um, that the character has that kind of Holy he means shit. something to a certain generation of of people and and stuff. Yeah, you know what I'm thinking of? Bat Astra, Batman Bat- travels into space to try to find his dad. Who's not actually dead, but is just somewhere around what fucking Neptune. What the fuck does this have to do with Hamlet? It, well, because it's edible. Because it's about the absent father. Do you think Batman is edible? Yeah. It's about his fucking parents being like totally fucking murdered in front of him. And then and him not being able... Like, if that, that's like Hamlet connection. I thought that's what like Ben Affleck was going for. That it's... It, they're both oh, very no. I think he was stories. speaking more about the fle- the the character and, and the, the interpretation of him and how that he works. I don't think he was making a direct correlation between... The murdered parent, but I mean, you're not wrong. It's oh. just, I don't think he was what he was. I thought, he, well, I would like the indecisiveness, the, like the brooding, like mm. young man. Who, Should we do an episode comparing Hamlet and Batman? Let's shall do shall that. We? Let's shall do that. Let's, let's shall do. You don't don't you like, teach it's English? Like Yoda. Don't you teach <laughs> it's like Yoda doing Hamlet. Ah! It's crazy in uh, the Rise of Skywalker when Yoda and Ray bone. Oh my god, it's, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Nuts, it's nuts. It comes out of nowhere. Mm, mm, mm. That's actual <laughs> audio from the. <laughs> From Yoda. I thought the Palpatine stuff was weird, but the Ray and Yoda stuff. Yeah. Jesus. And not using body doubles either? That was amazing. Yeah, they didn't use a body double for the computer graphic. <laughs> for um, the puppet, dude. Shall we go down the list of Batman and Batman-related stuff we're going to do? Let's, and then let's chat a little bit about... Um, yeah. Then we have some logistical things to discuss. Let's do it. Yeah, which will be very exciting for everybody. Everyone, like, yeah, they're going to love it. Talk about the logistical things. So, so obviously, Batman 1989... Uh, I think one of the best films ever made about one of the best maybe the best superhero movie ever made except for its follow up is totally amazing and I was saying earlier too and we didn't say this but just briefly maybe we'll talk about this a little bit more but it's also interesting to think about the 80s into like the early 90s as a, a time period when like all the best superhero movies and there weren't that many but were DC properties yes like yes. Superman like Batman like Supergirl well I feel like the, the Supergirl? Supergirl Supergirl was in the 80s yeah, did you see Supergirl? It was actually, I mean, young George saw that movie like a dozen times. 
But, but young George felt it, things it's, during it's, that movie oh, yeah. that he'd never felt <laughs> like, before. This girl is pretty. Um, uh, okay, so, yeah. Batman Returns. 93? 92? 92. Only um, th- yeah, um, uh, only amazing years. movie. Maybe the maybe the maybe maybe better than the original? Yeah, and it's a Christmas movie. Yep. Ooh, that's true. Yeah. Max Shrek. Yeah. Uh, and the Penguin. Right. Of course, yeah. Uh, and Mr. Potter, right? Pottersville. We all, we all know that. What are you right? fucking talking about? That was just like a, It's a Wonderful Life. Um, Batman Mask of the Phantasm from 1993. Right. The animated Kevin Conroy. Yeah. And we'll probably also do a side episode maybe just on the animated series or maybe we'll just do it in relationship with Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Yes, we should. Uh, Batman Forever 95. Joel Schumacher's uh, first of two entries into the... And really camped it up. With Val Kilmer. At, at, and also at the height of Jim Carrey's like insane fandom. Yes. I think yeah, that's, tw- a, that's a Jim Carrey movie. He got 20 million? Was that the one he yeah, got? Yeah, he got a lot of money for it. Uh, Batman and Robin, 97. Never seen it. And neither have I, actually. Really? It looks terrible. You know what? I, I'm really, it's really weird that they got Bane for that one and that Tom play, Tom Hardy plays Bane in that one and Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, it's really, it's really weird. weird. Yeah. How old is Tom Hardy in that one? He's uh, like 67. <laughs> All right. So He's an immortal. Uh, and then we skip almost a decade to Batman Begins 2005. Directed by Christopher Nolan. I think yeah. I, th- I think a great movie. Um, I, I, it's I been a while. I want to go back and see issues. it. It's got some issues. Uh, next The Dark Knight 2008 I think an amazing movie Amazing movie uh, Dark Knight Rises With some problematic But Dark Knight well, I think will be An interesting discussion Because those Dark Knight films, Rises uh, Dark Knight yeah. Leans a lot the, poli- the politics of these These Batman films Are complicated And it's something we should, We're going to obviously Talk about But to think about The ways in which While I was rewatching Batman 1989 Is like well To what degree Is the character Beyond redemption Because he is like a billionaire but we'll talk about that it's an interesting question dark knight rises batman v superman no you we didn't say anything about dark knight rises oh we did 2012 it's also oh it's terrible it's terrible it's ter- yeah. i think it's terrible and it's anti-occupy politics can go see i don't I'm, I'm not 100 i'm actually think that movie is in some ways uh anti-cop uh maybe but also like killian murphy's killing all those like billionaires you're supposed to feel bad for the billionaires like i'm like well i think the issue, i think that's more a literal kangaroo court statement uh, Batman v Superman. Uh, t- uh, t- I recall it being terrible. Yeah, I recall it being terrible as well. And the we might do Suicide Squad. Well, we might not. I, don't, I tried to watch that on a plane and I couldn't handle it. But we might give it, it a try. It also looks terrible. Though it is we're, worth saying that it's hard to discuss Batman without discussing Joker. So maybe we owe it to the. Well, we're gonna we're gonna get to Joker if you know what I mean. And then uh, the Lego Movie, Lego Batman Movie. Oh yeah, that's right. Twenty seventeen Justice League, twenty seventeen with. Henry Cavill's redacted mustache. And, and Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. And Gal Gadot. And then finally, she's also in the Batman v Superman. It, he's also in Wonder Woman. Batman. Aff- oh, that's yeah, right. Ben yeah, Ben Affleck is in well, it briefly, isn't he? Uh, is, I don't remember. I, I think, think he, he might be in voiceover. You don't like the Wonder Woman movie. And I the think it, Wonder Woman I movie. I think it fucking slaps, dude. I have to go. Well, the ending's kind of rough, but I, she's amazing. I, well, I enjoyed it. But its poli- its interventionist politics were not. Oh my God, it's thrilling a World me. War One movie. Do you want to pretend that no. that didn't? Oh, no. you know, it this, just came out. This, came this out. movie represents World War One, so it's bad because it's about a war. It's about both. It's about both the period it's set in. I know, and also the period in which it's made. <sighs> I'm just being. Di- I'm really I'm excited being about dialectical. Wonder Woman 1984. I want to get that on a shirt. I'm not being annoying. I'm just being dialectical. Buying that for you for Christmas. And then finally, 2019 Joker. Joker. When you introduce me, can you just call me Batman? Joker? Can you just call me Batman? Oh, very mm. int- dialectical twist. Not really. 
Uh, and yeah, and that's the list. And, and obviously there will be some side episodes, so some adventures, some side quests. Some side quests. Um, we are going to invite, we're formally inviting here on the, this episode, uh, Annie Rose Malamet and Kel Karpinski to do an episode without us on uh, the homoeroticism of Batman. Yes. Um, we've invited a good friend. I have not confirmed it yet, but to do an episode on Richard Donner's Superman right. because I think it's important to I talk about. I think that's about. JJ, right? JJ Abrams? Yeah, JJ Abrams is coming out to do it. I'm sure he'll get hired to, he's actually, I think, in talks to do a Superman movie. Is he? Oh, yeah, with Michael B. Jordan, I think. Think. There's no fucking like imagine. I mean, the Michael no B. Jordan thing is imaginative, but there's no fucking imagination. No fucking imagination. Um, Give I, these films to different people. I want. I'm interested. You were talking about maybe doing an episode on the Batman soundtrack. Yes, the I was. Prince so... meets Danny Elfman. Yeah, yeah. Which was really controversial. Um, I'm curious. Yeah, there's just gonna be maybe there's gonna be some cool side episodes. We're still working all that out. Um, I would like to do a side episode on. The I believe it's well I know that it's the Batman animated series but there's an episode called I almost got him oh yeah where that's they a great all episode, recount yeah. how they almost got Batman around a poker table and like that to me is like one of the great episodes of that show and, and it's great really twist amazing at the end. amazing twist at the end um, and it would allow us to discuss characters that like kind of do not exist you know the films for me are the most important personally but like what we're ignoring there is ignoring uh, a lot of re- like Mad Hatter and all these characters that never showed up. Solomon Grundy, Clayface, all these characters that never showed up. I actually started reading Batman again pretty recently and I, I haven't kept up with it because buying comic books every month is expensive. It's expensive. But we also maybe talked about doing The Long Halloween, which I never read, but there I heard was amazing. There is a podcast adaptation of that made by like fans. Like I'm really curious Acting it out Yeah like reading I'm really curious about it Yeah I'd like to do A long Halloween I don't know if you've ever read um, Arkham Asylum A serious place On serious earth Which is about the It was about Batman Getting trapped in Arkham Asylum While simultaneously Flashing back to the 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 guy who ran Arkham Going crazy It's very dark who, who uh, do you know who the illustrator is? I forget that. Well, uh, comic books have writers and illustrators. Uh-huh, explain. So. <laughs> Wait, so, is it just called? Is it just called Arkham Asylum? A serious place on serious earth. I don't know that one. It's yeah. very good. Um, there's the Batman Batman video games that are pretty good. I don't think I don't know if we'll get to that because that's a big commitment. But I've played them, and on they're fun. Uh, and uh, not N64. No Xbox. Xbox. My friend Kevin. Shout out to my friend Kevin who invited me over one night and we drank beer and watched each other play Batman. Amazing. Um, not Keith though. Not Keith. K- Kevin. Oh yeah, because you called. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Calling it back. Yeah, there's it back. just a few things we'd like to like to talk about and get 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 uh, into. It's a very rich mythology. Now there are there is a serial from ni- the 1930s and 19 1940s and 1950s. Um, this is something that we might we might try to find a way to cover. We haven't really figured it out yet, but we're also not necessarily entirely going to go chronologically here. We're going to skip around a little bit just to play with the format a little bit. Um, but yeah, l- look forward to our episodes on the show. Also, we should probably say that today is December 22nd, uh, 2019, and it is my last day living in New York City. I'm moving to LA in a week. Uh, for personal reasons, I have to get away from, I'm, I'm, I'm deep in with the loan sharks. Um, and so George and I are going to be doing the show remotely, which might make some hiccups in production schedule, to be honest. And I thought we said we were just going to do it over mail. We're going to mail each other. And we'll just read. Dear Liam, time grows short in New York as the seasons shift. I long for your voice and face. It is dark in the trenches. <laughs> Thankfully, we have all that paper and we have a lot of pornography to keep us busy. It's weird because it looks like you drew all of it. Um, so we're, we're, we're sort of going to be reinventing the, the sh- well, we're going to be figuring out what this means for the show, but we are committed to doing it. 
So there's the that's the one thing to keep out for. I got to teach George how to use podcasting equipment. What's a podcast? Based on his. <laughs> Do you mean a podcast? Yeah. Guy. Oh, a podcast. Guy. What's a guy? Oh, a guy. <laughs> oh, a guy. I tried to do Great that joke. Back. I tried to do that joke with Emily the other day, and she was like, "What the hell yeah, are you talking?" Uh, but this is gonna be a fun season. Yeah, and, um, looking forward to it. Jesus, can you not Yay! shout into the microphone? Um, anything else we want to say? We love you all. I'm uh, Liam Billingham. And I'm I George Fogopoulos. Do not recommend The Rise of Skywalker. Oh, it sucks. What did what, Emperor Palpatine? What the fuck were they thinking? What this the was. This was. Ooh, Vrabastas. That's a good Palpatine. Thank you. Thank you.